Live from the Fish Tank, it's your host Ronnie with the third and final episode of your DZAC basketball positional power rankings, ending on a high note with the guards. And at the very end here, I'll kind of have um, an overall very, very imperfect ranking kind of in totality here of all three of these episodes in like a rototable style format. So for the guards, this is probably going to be the longest episode. Um, we'll see how how long my voice holds up recording all three of these in the same night. But yeah, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tiers in this one again. So starting at the very, very bottom, we have Nathan, who has one top 100 guard. And that one guard is also the only one in this top 200. That is Terry Rogier, who is pretty quality, pretty quality, obviously. Just got traded to Miami. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect his overall DSEC value, but I think it's a much better situation for him, even if the, the scoring goes down a little bit. But outside that, you got uh, Hardy, Zaire, THJ, Matisse Thibel. Um, not, not a ton to really be too, too excited about there, so I think it's pretty clear why he would be at the very, very bottom. Ahead of him, and also in a tier of his own, is going to be Josh. So Josh is a really, really good team. He just doesn't have young guards. <laughs> um, Derek White, top 90. Drew Holiday, top 100. Both of them, pretty good. You know, they're, they're quality players. You would want better, I think, if you were in their spot like Josh. But Josh has incredible quality at the other positions that it doesn't really matter. He just needs good volume here, and this whole group brings it. Behind those two, you have Buddy Heald, Jordan Clarkson, Alex Caruso, and Dennis Schroeder, all top 200, plus Brogdon, Buster Westbrook, and Chris Paul, who are all capable of having quality games on their own, even if their their age is really limiting their um, effectiveness. But overall, there are Josh, really, really good team as a whole. Um, clearly a better guard situation than Nathan, but still kind of near the bottom of the league because moving into the next tier, we're going to have Keith in 12th overall, but Keith has Hero, he has Vassell, and he has Giddy all top 100. And all three of them are ranked better than Derek White is for Josh. So that's clearly a good tier break. Behind them, you have Marcus Smart, Ben Simmons, Dinwiddie, Gary Trent Jr. Um, Hero, obviously a, a polarizing player. Good scorer. Um, you kind of question some of the other stuff, but, you know, not bad. Devin... Obviously not bad. He's top 50. <laughs> uh, Devin Vassell, just outside of the, the top 50. Um, not very flashy. Pretty consistent, though. Josh Giddy, eh, I don't really want to talk about him too much. Off-the-court stuff, even if the, uh, the I guess, the defendants? Not the defendant, but like the, the, the supposed target of Giddy's You know, I don't know how I best want to phrase it, but you know, going after underage girls, um, even if they want, even if they don't want to talk to police, and you can't really charge them with anything, it it still feels a little icky. Um, and even then, his play hasn't exactly been great this year. So I guess he's still technically top one hundred, but don't love the person clearly. Don't necessarily love the asset, but the value is still you know still kind of there. Marcus Smart, when he's healthy, is pretty quality. Um, haven't really got a chance to see what he can do in Memphis yet. But 
it'll be different from what he did in Boston. Um, ben Simmons, when he <laughs> when he's healthy, which is not very often, um, he can really you know impact the game. The rebounding, the defense, the assists that he can bring from a point guard position is incredibly unique. He just can't shoot or score. So it's, it's, it's a big flaw. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, someone who Keith just can't wait to get rid of, and yet he never has been able to. Um, he's capable of having some good games, but overall he's, he's not really anything special. Also in this tier is going to be Kevin with Jalen Williams, Brandon Miller, Shaden Sharp, Keontae George, all top 100. We talked about Williams, Miller, and Sharp last episode, but they're back here again, and uh, I, th- I think they're similar tier to Keith, but a little better because Jalen Williams is, is top 50, top 40 even. Brandon Miller's top 60. Shaden Sharp just outside the top 60. Keontae George obviously having a pretty decent year in Utah for someone his age. Top 75. And then uh, Black, I think his name is Anthony Black, right? For Orlando. Just outside the top 100. Benedict Matherin. Trey Jones, who was getting some pretty decent burn now with the Spurs. And Andrew Nemard for Kevin. Um... Yeah, a lot of youth here. This is a very, very young team, and I think if we do this again next year or the year after, you're going to see this team ranked higher. So, a lot to, to go there for with, with Kevin. A little better in the high end, a little better on the depth, I think, than Keith, but not enough to put him in the next year because there's a lot of really, really good guards in this league, and we have not talked about a really, really good guard yet until we get to Paolo. Yes, Tyrese Halliburton is incredible. Fifth best dynasty asset, or at least the average score is a five um, on my list here. However, um, there's not really a whole lot else behind Halliburton on Paolo's team. That kind of brings him down. Cam Thomas is top 125. Um, He is a volume scorer. He's like a Jordan Poole type, maybe even a poor man's Jordan Poole, but Jordan Poole's played pretty shitty this year, so maybe not. But D'Angelo Russell, who has had some pretty good games lately for the Lakers, um, but he is just not very well liked by Dynasty lists. He's top 130. Kobe Bufkin, a little higher than I anticipated because he hasn't really played much for Atlanta this year, but Atlanta does have some really good guards. Um, Josh Hart, Lou Dort, Jet Howard, Isaiah Joe. Uh, some decent young depth there behind him, but it's really mainly just Halliburton doing the heavy lifting. But the depth, the depth lacking overall compared to what other teams have is going to put him down here. We're also going to have Sean in this tier. Um, Anthony Edwards is really, really good. He's top 10. He's not Terry's Halliburton, though. But Sean does have Jalen Green. He does have Bilal Kulabali. He does have Jalen Suggs. So three other top 100s, whereas Paolo has a zero outside of Halliburton. Um, Sean certainly has the depth, even if Anthony Edwards is a, a few ticks behind Halliburton. Um, Jalen Green, very talented young scorer, um, very inefficient and not as consistent as he could be, so you got to think there's another step or two for him to take in that regard. Bilal Koulibaly, obviously proving that he's more than just Wembenyama's lackey from overseas. Um, Suggs is having, you know, some decent games here or there. Um, I think he was hyped up to be a little bit more than what he's been, but I do think he's improving. And there is some depth here, too. Some young depth. Hawkins, Branham, Grady Dick, Dylan Brooks. Um, Killian Hayes is somehow a top 200 asset. I don't understand that, but he is. So, overall, you know, not not a ton of of young talent on Sean's team behind Edwards. Um, but there's some good young depth 
There is a tear break here between Sean and Alex. Um, Alex is up here because he has Booker. Obviously, we talked about him last episode. Also, Harden, you know, who is old, but he's playing really, really well now with the Clippers. Uh, speaking of the Clippers, Paul George is also here, who we talked about last episode. Um, CJ McCollum and Grayson Allen. So, Alex has three top 75 guys. Nobody we've talked about before this. Well, actually, technically, uh, I guess Keith and Kevin both have it, but neither Keith or Kevin have Devin Booker. So that's that's the main calling card here for Alex being up in this tier. Um, talked about, obviously, Booker and Paul George last time, but Harden with the Clippers has really kind of, I don't want to say refound his game because I don't know if he ever truly lost it, but... He's been very efficient. He's really getting into the the playmaking. Obviously, that's his big calling card at this point in his career. So he may be on the back nine, but he's not on hole 18 yet. Uh, Just ahead of Alex is going to be Ping, Donovan Mitchell. Pretty comparable to Booker in some ways, but Jamal Murray is better than Harden from Dynasty Asset standpoint. Then you got Trey Murphy, Bradley Beal, Dante DiVincenzo. Murphy and Beal are both top 100 assets, Murray top 40. So I think the comparable there between Mitchell and Booker, I just think Ping has a little bit better depth than Alex. So that's why Ping is going to be there. Um, ahead of those two is going to be Barry. So Barry doesn't have a Mitchell or Booker, but Darius Garland isn't too far behind. Top 25 asset. But what Barry has here is he has, well, he also has Jalen Brunson who was top 50. But outside of those two, he has quite a good, quite a few people. One, two, three, four, five players between the top 50 and top 100. Kyrie Irving, Sarah Thompson, who we've talked about, Fred Van Vliet, Kobe White, and Jeremy Sohan, who we've also talked about. So, Barry mixes <sighs> top tw- or being outside the top 20 is kind of hard to say. Truly high end, but. Really, really good talents here in Garland or Brunson, plus the depth that Kyrie brings. Asar, Van Vliet, White, Sohan, like I mentioned. Um, Kyrie, obviously you really don't like the guy. I don't think he... He has a good heart when it comes to off-the-court issues, but I think he's just an idiot, and he thinks he's smarter than he is, and it puts him in a lot of trouble saying and believing some really stupid things. But on the court, he is incredibly talented. One of the best ball handlers we've ever seen. Very talented scorer. Um, He's not always available, though. That's kind of why he's outside the top 50 for this average ranking. Um, Fred Van Vliet, Vliet, rather. Um, There's another theme here with Barry. Barry's forwards are all young and athletic and inefficient. Barry's scorers, his guards, are all young and inefficient. There's not a ton of efficiency when it comes to field goal percentage in Scunthorpe. Um, Van Vliet is certainly a bit of a chucker, but he can really rack up assists, and somehow he gets a lot of blocks. I think those blocks are kind of blocking the ball low, like when someone's going up for a shot, which could probably be blurring the line between steal and between block, but steal or block, they all they all count. And he's managed to do all right in that regard, despite his size. Um, Kobe White had a really, really good start to the year. I think he's kind of cooled off a little bit, perhaps showing that maybe he was just a bit above his skis there. But even if he's cooled off a little bit, I still think on average, he's been way better than I expected this year. So definitely going to give him the props for taking his game to a new level that I didn't really think he had. Um, 
We'll see if he is Chicago's guard of the future because Chicago has some decisions to make and they kind of need talent everywhere. Um, RJ Barrett, we talked about. Uh, Colin Sexton, capable of having some good moments. Um, certainly a bit more of a, a role player on this team here. Bruce Brown and Malik Monk, who we've talked about. Cole Anthony, who is kind of like diet Kobe White, a worse version of Kobe White. Still pretty good, though, because there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players I talked about here with Barry, and all of them are top 150. So Barry has some supreme depth for sure. But I do have Ryan a bit above Barry because Trey Young, top 15 asset. Barry doesn't have a Trey Young. Garland is pretty close, but Trey Young is certainly a little better. But Ryan also has Desmond Bain and DeJounte Murray, two other top 40s, whereas Brunson is barely top 40. DeJounte is barely top 42, but they're kind of interchangeable. But Desmond Bain is something Barry does not have. And I'm going to take Ryan's slightly more top-heavy approach over Barry's more depth-heavy approach, even though I think there's a pretty good argument to flip him if you wanted to. Um, Pajemski has shown some flashes for Ryan, who's also in the top 100 there. And you got uh, Josh Green and Corey Kispert, who are just kind of just there. But overall, this is a really, really good tier. And at the top of this tier is going to be the walleye. There's a five-team five tier here, but I, I think there's pretty good... Pretty good teams in this tier, and I think every team kind of approaches things in a slightly different manner. So that's what I think is fun about this tier is I think you can make an argument for any of these teams in this tier, and each argument is slightly different. But the approach to the wall I have here is we have Cade Cunningham, 16th. He is, by the score here, the third best player in this tier, per my rankings. Um, obviously a very... Talented player, hasn't been able to stay on the court a ton in his career so far, but when he's playing, he is capable of scoring and assisting at a very high level. Um, the block or blocks, the rebounds are okay for a guard. They're not bad, but they're a bit above average. So on the whole here, especially if he can continue to grow and gain efficiency and maybe get some friggin' teammates around him to give him some goddamn help. Um I think there's certainly another step or two he can take, and I think he can be a really, really good player, and he's still really, really young. Um, but beyond that is a mix of youth and age. So Steph Curry on the older side, but he's still playing at an incredibly high level. Um, he's still an all-star. He's still an all-NBA caliber player at age 35, I think. He's insane, the best shooter we've ever seen. He's still capable of really going, getting hot for a week or two and really kind of carrying me to the wins. Um, top 40 asset there. Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard are like neck and neck, less than one average rank apart here, both top 50. Simons capable of having some explosions too. Um, very, very talented shooter. Um, pretty good assist numbers too as of late, but the consistency is not quite there yet, nor is the efficiency. He's prone to having like 13, 14, 15-point games on like four for 12 from the field and on the whole he's valuable but on a game-to-game -game basis he can really fluctuate but he's still really young and I think he's going to kind of continue to come around on that a little bit but he's pretty strong and kind of like Curry but a slightly worse version we have Damian Lillard also top 50 like I mentioned another crafty veteran um, good assist numbers good shooting from three good scorer 
outside of that, um, this time last year probably would have been a little bit better because Jordan Poole would have been comfortably top 75 instead of barely top 100. But he's been a very big disappointment this year. I'm not going to, you know, tiptoe around that. Um, really, really expected a whole lot more from him, getting the keys to a bad team, getting the chance to really kind of chuck and go however he pleases, but he's not been able to consistently score. He should be averaging 23 points a night, 25 points a night, but he's not, and it's disappointing. Um, I would like to think that he can get a little more comfortable or, I don't know, maybe you, you do something. I think they just changed coaches in Washington, but like maybe you you got to find a way to try to figure out how to get him to... To, to score more because if Washington wants to do well, they need someone to score and it can't be Kuzma all the time. So I don't know what the solution truly is there, but I really hoped for more from Poole this year, but he's still young enough that I, th- I don't think he's this bad all of a sudden. Water break. Sorry about that. Um, and running out my team, Tyus Jones, who was top 10 point guard this year by the Play Raider. There's something to be said about that also in Washington. He's having some really good assist numbers lately. But, you know, some long-term volatility and uncertainty about the role there. Does he get traded? If he does get traded, he's maybe not a starter. So, who knows? But he's playing well for now. And then at the end there, Clay Thompson. Second best shooter to ever live. Um, certainly ages has gotten to him on his lateral quickness for his defense. Still capable of putting up some hot shooting nights, but they aren't quite as frequent as they have been in the past. But he's he's still a rosterable and possible player and a positive contributor. Next up is Tier 2. This is the third best team for guards, and it's going to be Ahmed. And now we're going to talk about the best guard we've talked about yet. Just ahead of Halliburton, we have, on average, of a ranking of four. We have Luka Doncic, who is just... Absolutely incredible. Um, Second best Dallas Maverick ever. I feel comfortable saying that. Um, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that Luka at the peak of his powers is kind of similar to Dirk at the peak of his powers in terms of overall impact on the game. Um, I don't mind saying that because the person who would take the most umbrage to that statement won't listen. Um, But clearly Dirk did it for much, much longer. Won a title. (laughs) So... Luca's got a ways to go yet before he can really even truly have that conversation. But I think he's kind of on his way. Um, we saw it the other night he scored 73, I think. Um, he's a walking triple-double on some nights. Um, he has, his assist numbers are incredible. He can really get hot and put up a lot of threes. He rebounds incredibly well for a guard. He is their offense, and he truly plays the part in fantasy. De'Aaron Fox, few guys are from the guard position are quicker than Fox, more athletic, can get to the rim like Fox. If he was a better shooter from the line or from three-point land, he would easily be a top 15 asset. Instead, he has to settle for merely top 25. Manuel quickly, big, big winner there, being traded to Toronto from the Knicks. He gets to kind of take a starting role now and be one of the guys, if not the guy, for the Raptors. Um, he's faulted into the top 75, and I could see him go even higher, maybe close to top 50, um, with more experience and more certainty in his role. Beyond that, you have DeMar DeRozan, old, reliable, very steady. Austin Reeves, Markel Fultz, Quentin Grimes, and Dariq Whitehead. 
Um, just having having Luka Doncic, obviously, to me, is enough to put him above the the other teams I talked about. And then having another top 25, too, just kind of helps catapult that even further. But if there's a little bit more depth there, he would be Tier 1. But there's not a little more depth there. However, there is a little more depth there when it comes to the second-best team, Spencer. Spencer has LaMelo Ball, top 10 asset. John Morant, top 30 asset. Scoot Henderson, top 40. Amen Thompson, top 60. Kaysom Wallace, D'Anthony Melton, Max Truss, Marcus Sasser, Christian Braun, and Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, LaMelo Ball may not be Luka Doncic. John Morant may, is actually, honestly, probably pretty similar to Fox. He just has issues staying on the court. Um, but Scoot Henderson and Amen Thompson carry more value than Quickly or DeMar. So, pretty comparable there at the top between Melo and Ja to Luka and Fox. Just, you gotta go with the team that has a little more depth there, so that's the reason for the tier break. Um... But Spencer doesn't quite match up to Mike. They're in the same tier. But, man, Mike has SGA, who is the third best player by my rankings overall behind only Wembenyama and behind Jokic. He's got Tyrese Maxey, who is just outside the top 25. And he has Franz Wagner, top 40. Mikel Bridges, top 40. We talked about both of them last week or last episode, rather. This is going to be the day after. Um, also, Jalen Brown, who we talked about recently. Zach Levine, we talked about him a little bit. Jaden Ivey, also top 100. So there's seven players here that are top 100 for Mike in the guard position. Spencer only had four. And Spencer doesn't have an SGA. So that's going to be why Mike is going to be at the top here. Tyrese Maxey, obviously having a really good year. Really, really glad to see him on Mike's team. I've said before, I'll say it plenty times over, this is way more fun when you have your favorite players on your team. When you're rooting for them in real life and you're rooting for them in fantasy, that to me is when you have by far the most fun with this. And I'm glad that Mike gets to do that with Tyrese Maxey, especially considering the fact that he inherited teams that had, before him, before his ownership, traded away Joel Embiid, traded away Jalen Hurts, traded away Bryce Harper, three Philly studs all of whom Mike was just too late to have. But he makes his move when he gets Tyrese Maxey. He'd love to see that. Um, top 25 feels about right. Um, I think it's uh, looking like a pretty good trade for Mike right now. You know, I didn't use the C word when talking about Scoot Henderson with Spencer earlier, but obviously the shooting hasn't come along like he hoped. But with Henderson, there's a ton of athleticism, and the shooting was never going to be elite anyways. Plenty more to his game. But Franz Wagner, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brown, all incredibly well-rounded players. Zach Levine, a talented young scorer. Jaden Ivey, if Monty Williams ever decides to properly use him. Um, and if he can coexist with Cade, could be a very talented young player. The athleticism and, let, blah, blah, blah. athleticism and speed that Ivey has is top-notch. And then plus, they're at the very, very end here. You have Dyson Daniels, Kevin Herter, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. So... Yeah, I think uh, I think Mike was the best guard situation in the league, and I th- would assume most people would agree with that. So, that being said, let's wrap everything up here. So, with centers, I had Alex, Ron, Ping, Spencer, Ahmed, Paolo, Keith, Ryan, Mike, Sean, Nathan, Barry, Josh, and Kevin. Worst to first. For forwards, worst to first: Spencer, Ronnie, Barry, Ryan, Ahmed. 
Hing, Paolo, Nathan, Keith, Mike, Josh, Alex, Kevin, and Sean. And at guard, we have Nathan, Josh, Keith, Kevin, Paolo, Sean, Alex, Ping, Barry, Ryan, Ronnie, Ahmed, Spencer, and Mike. And when you put that into a roto table, all I did was I took your ranking for all three of the positions. I averaged it out and I sorted best to worst. I want to be very clear here that this is not who has the best dynasty teams. This is kind of more about trade value, I guess, in a way. Um, Because very clearly here, there are some teams at the top that aren't as active. And there are some teams kind of near the bottom or near the middle that are overproducing in real life based on this. And that's because they work the wire. They make trades. They set their lineup actively. You know, these are the guys getting every bit of the roster and making the most of what they have. And a lot of these guys have some win-down rosters too. So, however, the best player, the best team, rather, I have here is Mike. His average is four across all three positions. That's really, really good. So, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that he has the best young core in the league, for sure. Um, At number two here, you have Kevin at 4.33, carried by Chet and by Mobley. Pretty good positions at the forward and the center. Um, Very bad at guard, though, so a little imbalance there. I I clearly don't think he's the second-best team in the league, obviously. You have Sean at 4.67. That Wembenyama thing is a real, real big factor for Sean. And as soon as he wants to press the gas and call some guys up, yeah, the uh, the days of free wins against Sean are long gone. Josh clocks in at fourth here with an average score of six. Um, let down by the guards, carried by the forwards and the centers, obviously. Barry at 6.67 in fifth place. Um, pretty good guards, pretty good centers. Weak at forward. With a score of 7.7, you have Ahmed in sixth. Really good guards, kind of middling centers and forwards. Uh, in seventh place with an average score of eight, you have Alex. Really good forwards, middling guards, and bad centers. Nathan and Keith both have an 8.33. Both are bad at guard. Both are kind of middling at center and forward. Paolo at 8.67. Pretty consistent where he's at. Kind of near the bottom of the middle, but room to grow. Spencer and Ping both with an average score of nine. Spencer, really good forward, or really good guards, bad forwards, bad centers. Ping, pretty good guards, middling forwards, bad centers. Um, second to last is me, the walleye, with an average score of 10. Pretty good guards, bad forwards, bad centers, and old. And last is going to be Ryan. Bad guards, middling forwards, middling centers, average score of 10.33. So to recap there, the roto table for this is Mike, Kevin, Sean, Josh, Barry, Ahmed, Alex, Nathan, Keith, Paolo, Spencer, Ping, Ronnie, Ryan. And that is the conclusion of your DCAC basketball positional power rankings, including with the guards, and giving you a little bit of recap there from the centers and the forwards as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this because my voice is about done here. So I don't know how else, how much else I can, I can give you. 
Thank you all for listening. Once again, please direct any and all issues you may have to Mike's DMs. And as always, feel free to chat about this in the curb chat because I think it's a good discussion. So thank you all for listening. And I will catch you all next week with a more normal episode.